Most of us will never get the opportunity to be on a stage at the largest open air festival in Austria in front of 120,000 people, but I'm pretty sure that if we got the chance, we'd take the easy way out and use an autofocus lens. Not today's guest. Let's get into some vintage trouble on this episode of Behind the Shot. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Shot, where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots, from conception to completion and all the challenges and issues and problems and solutions, hopefully, that happen in between. I'm your host, Steve Brazel. As always, after watching this episode, if you enjoy what you're seeing on the episode or for the series as a whole, please head on over to the Google Play Store, head on over to iTunes, drop us a review, whatever it is, just be honest, just it's nice to have the reviews and get the feedback. And you can also always comment on the uh, blog post that's going to be at thisweekinphoto.com that's associated with this episode. You can comment on YouTube and you can always reach out to me directly. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on all of those things. Just find Steve Brazel Photography. I'll give you the easy one, though. It's Raz2, R-A-Z-Z-2 on Twitter. So today's guest is actually somebody I've wanted to have on for a long time, but in all honesty, I try and have behind the shot be about a, all types of photography, a little bit of everything, and I don't want it to be heavy in the type of photography that I do. But in the type of photography that I do, this guy is a force to be reckoned with. Matthias Hombauer, how are you, buddy? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're in Austria, Vienna, Austria, right? Right. Europe. And you're mainly a music photographer, but but your story is really weird um, in a great way, right? <laughs> you you didn't, you know, grow up and think I'm just going to become a photographer. You actually got a fairly advanced degree. <laughs> right, Tell me so, what your degree is in. Right. So I started out um, by studying molecular biology at the University of Vienna. And uh, I finished my PhD there in immunology. Um, so this was my dream. I wanted to become a researcher and probably someday win the Nobel Prize. But uh, yeah, everything uh, worked out differently than I expected it. And uh, after four years of, of doing my, my doctoral thesis, uh, I felt that's not really the job that I want to, to go after. Um, there were long working hours. I didn't really like to be 60 to 70 hours uh, per week in the lab. Um, and I got a little bit frustrated with it. And uh, so therefore I thought, okay, I have to, to have a plan B in my life. So either I stick to being a researcher and I'm, I'm being unhappy for the rest of my life, or I do something that I'm really passionate about, which was, uh, or still is, photography and music. And so I decided after I finished my PhD to become a music photographer. Which a PhD in molecular biology, moving into working with Iggy Pop and Peter Gabriel... That's that's a you know you see what I'm saying? Pretty big change. You've worked with as right. a music photographer, Iggy Pop, Peter Gabriel, Elvis Costello, the prodigy you work with a great deal, Vintage Trouble. Your images have been in Rolling Stone, uh, Petapixel, Huffington right. Post. Uh brand-wise, uh we're talking Manfrotto, which is known by everybody, Converse known by everybody, Instagram sent you to a a festival to shoot for them in France. France. Um yeah. I mean Seriously, what a strange and yet wonderful change to make in your life, moving into something and combining the two things that you love. But now, 
that you've got this under your belt and you've been doing this for a while. You've got a couple of things going right now. I just want to touch on it. We'll get into details at the end. But you have your Music Photographer Academy where people can go sign up, take online classes and how to get into music photography. That's the basic yeah. idea? Right. And, and what's yeah, it called? It's, uh, it's called Shooting the Rockstars. And where can they find it really quick? It's www.shootingtherockstars.com. Okay. And, and you will find more info there. Yeah, and there's you know there's there's different sections. I actually was like a beta tester when before you released it, so I can I can I can you know testify to the fact that there's really good content in this class. Thank but you. you're also like me; you're a podcaster now. Tell us about your podcast right. real quick. Right. So the the podcast is fairly new. So I started it uh, two months ago. So I'm now in episode ten, and uh, I'm releasing it uh, every on a weekly basis. And uh, the main idea behind this to interview 100 of the best music photographers around. And um, it's, it's a personal thing, you know, because I want to learn from the best. And so I thought maybe I can reach out to them and um, do the podcast. And if people are liking it and listening to it, then it's even better. And they can also learn from it. So I started it two months ago, and now we have almost 10,000 uh, listeners to it. And, well, uh, and yeah, you've gotten... You've gotten some amazing photographers. You got uh, right. uh, Aerosmith's photographer, Guns N' Roses, ACDC's photographer. You've had some really good people on there. And then you went downhill on episode number four. Um, <laughs> Not really downhill. You, you know, number four, uh, which, by the way, is, is the episode uh, we did together. Uh, it's one of the most popular ones. And I think it's uh, because we touched on on topics like music contracts, photopedetiquette, which are really important to... Uh, yeah, to teach and also to talk to people too. And this really related and uh, we got a, a lot of great comments on social media and, and per email. So I think um, teaching people how to get better in music photography is one thing, but also how to behave and how to build um, a business out of it is yeah, uh, I one agree. Of the and of and, and uh, yes, I am on episode number four. And in the blog post on thisweekinphoto.com, I do have a link so that you can go listen to that episode. His yeah, is an, it was an a audio great podcast and, and each episode's about an hour and right. just listen to it while you drive. Cause there is, and, and by the way, I want to throw this out there. It doesn't matter if you're a music photographer, even though that's kind of the, the direction of the podcast, the information that you will get like uh, Dana distortion, you know, on her episode, the, the motivational information that you'll get from, from his episodes is, is like nothing else out there from a podcast point of view. Um, so let's talk about your photography a little bit. Being a live music photographer, you get to to go and shoot for bands, shoot for media outlets, a number of different things. And today's shot is something that most people will never get the chance to do, right? Most people are not going to get an opportunity to jump on stage. So tell us a little bit about the the environment that you took today's shot of, who the band is, what the scenario mm -hmm. was. Yeah, so so this is one of the most craziest stories I have to share <laughs> in my life as a music photographer. So what you can see here is a shot of uh, the Los Angeles band uh, Vintage Trouble. And I first got in contact with those guys when I was touring with a German band called Chantel. And um, they did some festivals in Canada. And at one of these blues festivals, I guess it was in Quebec, uh, these guys were next to our backstage area. And uh, when I saw them the first time, they were dressed in a suit and very good looking man, so to speak. 
Um, it was July or August, it was really hot, but they were, were really dressed well. And so I thought, I need to get portraits of them. And so I just uh, went to them, uh, to the guitarist, uh, Nail Colt, it's his name, and I asked if we can shoot some portraits. And uh, he agreed, and this was the start uh, building the relationship with them. So two years later, um, I figured out that ACDC was playing the biggest show in Austrian history. Uh, there were 120,000 people. And um, two days before the show, because I didn't get an accreditation for ACDC, I saw that uh, Vintage Trouble is playing there as a support band. And what I did is I just wrote, uh, wrote them an, a Facebook message because I was friends with them on Facebook. And uh, the next day I got an, um, a message back and they're saying, yeah, sure, just uh, join us on the stage. It will be, will be an awesome and uh, memorable event. We want you to, to shoot the, the concert. And so what started with, uh, with the connection two years ago finally um, brought me then to, to the festival um, where ACDC was playing. Well, and um, the crazy thing about it was, uh, as I said, it was one of the biggest uh, event, open air events uh, in Austria. So 120,000 people, I didn't have any ticket. So I was going there with my car and then I figured out that I cannot even get to the, uh, to the festival area or to the parking lot because you can only go there when you have a ticket. So what the Vintage Trouble manager said, I will have a backstage ticket on the ticket counter. But to get there, I had to drive with my car to a, to a neighbor town, a small town, parked my car at the McDonald's and then uh, took a taxi to the, to the venue there. Uh, once I arrived at the ticket counter, they had the tickets for me, but they were uh, normal, normal concert tickets, like audience tickets. So I couldn't get backstage with it. So I thought, okay, I will just uh, call the tour manager because I had the, the cell phone number. The problem was everyone was uh, using their cell phones there and the signal totally broke down. 120,000 so people using the cell phones. Right, right. So there was no, no signal, no internet. I couldn't, couldn't reach them. And so I just uh, went to the, to the security guys and said, hey guys, I know it sounds crazy, but I have to, to go backstage because I will meet the guys from Vintage Trouble. And sure, they were not instructed and they, they had no idea. So discussing with them for five minutes, uh, finally, they got me into the backstage area and then um, I found Vintage Trouble and everything was set up. But, but this was kind of a, yeah, it was a challenge to, to go there. But see, that's, that's festivals to me is right. there's always something, there's always a nightmare. And yeah, I mean, I've been at these festivals and, and you know, I can't ch even check Facebook, let alone I'll try and post a photo of the crowd on Instagram. And I, you know, there's no signal, you can't do it. So looking at this shot from a photo point of view, let's, let's talk about the image mm. for a second here. Right. Vintage Trouble so on stage in front of 120,000 people and you are standing right behind the drummer. Are you up on the riser here? I, I'm, I'm up on the, the riser. Of the, so here's a question is, because I've been in this situation, and I usually talk to the tour manager first or the band manager and say, you know, does, does the drummer have any objection to me climbing on the riser? And even if they say yes, I'll go to the drummer and say, hey, dude, are you okay with me climbing up here? I'm assuming you talk to somebody to get permission where you could and couldn't go. Right. So, and then this is uh, absolutely what you should do if you're getting such a job. So when I arrived at the backstage area, um, I met those guys, 
they knew me from from Canada. And then we hang up there. The, I did some photos there, and, and we talked about what they are uh, uh, want to achieve. And they said they want to have this really wide angle view with with all the the audience on it. And it's no problem uh, if I stand on the drum riser because they knew that the sh if the if I want to do the shot, I, I need to be on the drum riser. So this was in fact the the concept of being up high and being able to see the the vastness of the audience was a goal of theirs to begin with. Right. So right. almost like a commission shot. So you're a Nikon shooter. What camera was this? Yeah, so this was uh, my workhorse, uh, Nikon D700. Still, it's uh, already a little bit outdated, but uh, I still love it. And uh, the lens was a Samyang 14 millimeter lens. Uh, it's a manual focus lens. <laughs> and uh, the reason why I'm using this is uh, simply because it's cheap. You know, if you get a, a Canon or Nikon 14 millimeter uh, fixed lens, it's about, I don't know, $2,000. And I think there is a new Sigma out. It's, it's also that expensive. And the Samyang costs you about $300. And, yeah, uh, but dude, you're, you, you are, you're on stage with a critical shot. The band needs the shot. You cannot miss this shot. <laughs> <laughs> and you chose a manual focus lens. I'm right, sorry, but if I was in that scenario, especially with my eyes, uh, I w uh, there's no question I would have gone, I need autofocus, I need autofocus. Yeah, but but the thing is that what I learned um, in the last eight or nine years being a, a photographer is that I really can uh, make the best out of the shots if I limit myself or I push myself. So I started with portraits using a Hasselblad um, 503 with uh, 12 frames and I shot portraits only 12 frames and this was my 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 limitation so to speak and for this shooting it was like okay if I have to nail the shot I will use the 14 millimeter because it's a great lens it's 14 millimeter so even if you're shooting on an aperture of 2.8 most likely everything will be in focus it's just uh, the challenge to get the the main character in focus like here the singer with the the yellow well, and that, and that brings us to the, you know what, before I ask this question about the singer, uh, shutter, you, you said it's probably at 2.8 you shot this. Any idea what your ISO or your shutter was? Yeah, I looked this up. So it's uh, aperture 2.8, it's ISO 400, and uh, the shutter speed is 1 over 125th of a second. Okay, so you're shooting right into the sun, but you're in an ISO yeah. of 400. So I'm guessing this wasn't as bright as it kind of seems then. Right, right. So... The issue with this is also, I mean, they played 30 minutes and it felt like it is, it was one minute. So I was so in a rush and I was so concentrated. So it, it was really, the whole concert was rushing by. And also with the settings, sure, I, I set some some basic settings and then I just went from there. So, so when probably you shoot, I didn't even realize what settings I was using at the time there when I right, shot, the, right. the shot. You, you shoot center uh, uh, metering? Right, center metering, and the good thing with uh, when you're shooting Nikon is you have uh, an out-of-focus kind of help or control when you're using manual focus lenses. So you will see two arrowheads, one points to the left side, one's to the right side, and you have a, um, like a, a round thingy if the, the center focus is, is uh, tack sharp or if the focus is sitting. And so white, therefore I'm, I'm using this. White balance is auto? White balance is auto, yes. Okay, so so now now I want to ask about the singer because from a technical point of, sh of view, this shot's really interesting to me. 
because you're shooting very clearly right into the sun, straight into the mm. sun, right? I mean, at, at the mountain top or hilltop, right. it's it's clipped and yeah, blown out there. Sunset. When you're shooting straight into the sun, getting exposure on this much distance properly is difficult. Getting exposure, it, you could have easily blown out that singer mm-hmm. by 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 a, a a you know fraction of a mistake. The blowout could have been to that singer where he was not recoverable. But I've actually zoomed in on this shot, and everything that is on that stage is wonderfully exposed, including the crowd and everything. Did you take a lot of shots to get that? Yeah. Did you? I mean, did you get lucky? How did you manage to <laughs> blow out the sky and not the lead singer? Right. Definitely. So I can't remember how many shots I got, but uh, I got a lot uh, using this setup and uh, just just shooting, shooting, shooting and uh, trying to, to get this shot. And yeah, so I think this was a lucky shot too, because um, you, you're not always getting these uh, circumstances like with the sunset and also, I mean, you know, the, the band, everyone who knows Vintage Trouble, they're really active on stage, jumping around and there is a lot of action going on. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a lucky shot that I really could freeze the moment where you can see every band um, member. Well, and, and that you just mentioned in that one sentence, two things I was going to point out. And that is one of the rules in concert photography for me is always try and get the entire band. So one, right. you manage to get the entire band. Part of that is the 14 millimeters. Um, but also... Um, you managed to tell the story of this event, which even if you're not shooting for a journalistic outlet, if you're shooting commissioned by the band itself, in reality, music photography is event photography. It's it's um it's situational environmental portraiture. It's a lot of different things combined. And you still have to try and convey the energy and story of that concert to people. Mm. And and this lens choice, you know, actually did that when you're standing right here um did you use any artificial light and i'm curious is your camera on a monopod held up higher or is it just right at your eye no it's just right on my eye so i I can remember i also tried the 24 to 70 but 24 millimeter was not wide enough so therefore i chose the 14 millimeter for it and you know sure there are some distortions with the with the drama going on on the left bottom but I don't really care about this, so I think for me the whole picture works, and I, I'm not like, okay, there is a, a distortion on the I don't know on the monitor box on the right, or there is a little bit distortion on the drummer. You know what's so funny for- is on this shot to me the distortion for 14 millimeters is actually not very pronounced. I mean, it could be I've seen lenses that would be insane. Um, yeah, the Sam the Samyang is is really like a. Yeah, it's it's a golden lens, so to speak, because it's it's really cheap. Um, the only drawback is it's um, it's manual focus, as I mentioned. And if you're shooting in small clubs and you have low light situation, then it's pretty hard to to get the focus right. Well, and and my my Sigma fifteen would have bent them so much it would have been absolutely insane. So so here's a question: the dynamic range in this shot, as we talked about, is so extreme. In in all, you know, photography is is choices, right? Photography, you choose. Right. I'm going to blow out the highlights or I'm going to clip the, the blacks. And you have to choose where you want it. And you chose so perfectly here. But you Thank shoot you. raw. I know you. When yes. you brought this into post, what do you do on a shot like this in post? 
Yeah, so normally I'm, I'm doing just the basic uh, adjustments like clarity and the saturation contrast. And what I tried with this shot is uh, I used the Visco preset for a Kodak Portra 400 and went from there. So it's, it's a preset Kodak Portra 400 and then I tweaked it to my likes. And then I think I made my own preset out of it, which I'm using now. But originally it's, it's a Portra 400. Analog so you, you tweaked it a little bit once once right. you ended up, you know, getting it to right. where you wanted it and using the Visco preset. And and that that explains why it's got kind of, it, I'm going to say the word and it just hit me. And I actually have it in my notes and it didn't hit me until just now. It has a vintage look. <laughs> right. Vintage right. trouble. It's, the band is and vintage so trouble and you gave it a vintage <laughs> look. Was that a, was that processing treatment a classic, a, a, a conscious choice to try and give it a vintage look based on the band name? Yeah. So I kind of, like the look of Kodak, Kodak Portrait 400 and I'm, I'm also using it when I'm, I'm shooting uh, portraits with, with my Hasselblad or with other analog cameras. And normally if I'm shooting in, in, in clubs or in um, indoor venues, you won't see the effect so much, I would say, because anyhow there is low light going on. But shooting uh, in these uh, lighting conditions, it really worked well for me and I liked the colors, I liked how it, it looks like. And so therefore I went with this and Actually, I wrote a blog post with all the pictures and it also got published on Petapixel. And there were some people who were com commented about the, the vintage look or the analog look. Yeah, so which is... People know, seem to recognize it. Yeah, and the warm analog kind of look just really works also with, with giving that dusk feel. And uh, yeah, just I, I love the shot, man. So here's the, here's the real question with your experience. New, new concert shooter which a lot of them are in your Facebook group and stuff. New concert shooter finally finds themselves on stage. I'm not going to say in front of 120,000 people. It could be a nightclub, right? But they're on stage with the band for the first time in their life. Right. What's the one tip that you would give them to make their, their job better, easier, whatever? I would say don't be more prominent than the band on stage because um, I always tell my students, uh, People are paying, so the audience is paying to see a good show and they don't want to see a, a photographer jumping around there with a white t-shirt. So what I'm doing, I'm always dressing in uh, with black trousers, black t-shirt. Um, and what's important is, I guess, as we talked before, you really have to, to talk to the band what is possible on stage and what not. It's, I think, the worst thing that you can do is that you don't talk to them before, then all of a sudden you're on stage. And you do something stupid like whatever, you unplug a cable, you're in the way of the guitarist, whatever it is, you should be as invisible as possible because it's your job to document the, the concert, but not to, to be the star. I mean, it's well, it's and all like about somebody said to me one time, you don't want to be the guy that goes out there and either you're standing where the pyrotechnics are going to go off and they don't fire them because you're there and they waste all that money, or even worse yet, they fire them and you catch fire. <laughs> right. I've had it where there was a band and I felt horribly bad about it. I was in a spot. Nobody could really see me, but I was in front of the amps, but I'm all black. It's, it was dark there. I'm shooting the drummer from the side of the, the drum riser. And I didn't realize the guitarist had put his beer on the drum riser on the side. And I was in the way when he had a moment to go get a drink of his beer. I was in the way of his beer. Um, and it was the most embarrassing moment of my life. And it's never happened again. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, you learned it. And and I mean, being honest, working with prodigies is one of the, the most challenging thing. Because if you're standing on stage or working with them on stage, everything is black. You won't see anything because it's just strobe light. It's, it's uh, fog. And uh, it's really hard for me as a photographer uh, to not disturb them or to unplug anything because you simply don't see see something right if people want to learn more about you and what you do uh what's your website uh it's how to become a rockstarphotographer.com i know it's a really long url but it's uh simply to memorize <laughs> yeah i see. mean it, it it flows off your tongue i mean it's not like it's it's hard that's right you know pretty it's simple. how, on how facebook, to become a rockstarphotographer.com you're on facebook Matthias Hombauer Photography. Right. I'm uh, on Twitter. What is it on Twitter? Matt Hombauer. And then Instagram? Instagram, Matthias Hombauer. Okay. And then I know, and I have the links in the blog post ready already, but I know that you're on 500px, you're on Google+, Plus for those people that are still on Google+. Plus. I, I, will, I will be on Pinterest soon. I'm on Quora recently, so I'm everywhere. <laughs> and you're on LinkedIn. You're on all of those things. So I'm tell LinkedIn, me about yes. the, the URL for your podcast. Where can people find your podcast? Yeah. So with the podcast, I decided to also host all the, the, the episodes on my page. So it's again, how to become a rockstarphotographer.com. And then on the menu, you will find uh, the podcast um, site. So just click on podcast and you can see all the episodes here. And you can uh, basically listen directly on my page. So you don't have to go to iTunes or uh, Google Play Store, but what will be out, and I'm really excited about it, is uh, I will have my own app. So you can download your app on iOS or Windows or Android, and uh, all the, the new episodes will be there automatically. Well, and that's the advantage, and I tell people on this podcast too, you know, you can watch this on YouTube or on the blog page uh, at thisweekinphoto.com, but go to go get yourself a podcast player, whether you're on Android or iOS, get yourself a right. podcast player and subscribe to the podcast because then the new episodes just land right in front of you. You don't have to remember to find them. And it's it's a great way to to do podcasting by subscription. So find him, search him on on iTunes, how to become a rock star photographer and uh, subscribe to Matthias's podcast, because like I say, I'm episode number four. <laughs> Right, yeah, and it's a great episode, and I get a lot of comments from people who say, I'm stuck in traffic in Miami or in Sydney, and they're all listening to it uh, when they're driving their cars. So I think podcast is a, a really nice uh, way to to learn while you're doing something else. Yeah, I totally agree. So, Matthias, wonderful to see you again, man. We've known each other so long. Thank you. One day yeah. I'm coming to Vienna to have a beer with you, but... hopefully. But great to see you again. Happy birthday to your daughter. My <laughs> best to you. your fiance. And thank you so much for coming on Behind the Shot. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. I'm sure we, our paths will cross soon again. <laughs> I may be in a photo pit somewhere. You never know. <laughs> again, to everybody, thanks for watching Behind the Shot. I'm your host, Steve Razzle. This is the podcast where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots. Because in the end, all that really matters is the shot. We'll see you next time.